Thomas. Michael. My friend, I want to talk to you about snoring. We both snore, right? You know, this subject is right in my wheelhouse. (laughs) I knew it was. I'm going through it right now, my friend. And you know what happens when you snore? You don't really realize that you snore, but your partner does. Do you know how many Americans snore? I would imagine most of the population, no. Well, when they do this figure, it's people that have a little bit of a problem. 90 million suffer from snoring activity during sleep. So most of the adult population. Yeah. It really doesn't happen until you become an adult. Right. And I consider myself going into adulthood right after the time I just went past my millennial stage. That's right, buddy. You jump from millennial right to snoring old man. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) But uh, Uh, You're killing me. You're killing me. But people that do snore like you... There's a couple things you can do. I'm sure you're going to look into them all the time. Number one, lose weight if overweight. You're not really overweight. Sleep on your side. Do you sleep on your side? I do. Here's one. Elevate your head. Well, it says raise up the head of your bed. How do you do that? Well, I don't do the head of my bed. I do the head of my pillows. I I just have a couple of pillows going. A couple of those soft my pillows. (laughs) Use nasal (laughs) strips. Yes, I do that too. Treat chronic allergies. So if you have an allergy, do something. Yeah, I have a spray too. Correct structural problems in your nose. Do you have any of them? Yeah, I have a deviated septum, but I haven't had surgery on that. Well, we have something in common. I have that also. Okay. And I hear something that's going to be tough for you. Limit alcohol before bed. I do that. Okay. And avoid taking sedatives before bed. Sedatives? Yeah. How about melatonin? I guess that, well, that's natural, isn't it? Yeah, but you're supposed to take it before bed. When are you going to take it? First thing in the morning? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Why would you take a sedative any other time except before bed? Right. I know. That's what it says. I I think you're misreading that. No. Why is it the one who snores always goes to sleep first? You ever notice that in a relationship? Because they're tired all the time. And if your spouse snores, apparently earplugs work well for shoving them up their nose. Right, pal? That's right. <laughs> and also those extra pillows work great for smothering. You know, I have to admit, apparently I do snore loudly that it scares everybody in the car I'm driving. Does that ever happen to you? <laughs> <laughs> I always tell you, duct tape is really good for snoring. Don't you think you can work for snoring and yeah, kidnapping? Tape. It's fantastic. I don't think I really snore. I just think I dream that I'm a motorcycle. You're a motorcycle? Yeah, like that. I thought maybe you were dreaming that you were motorboating. Right. Yeah, you love motorboating. <laughs> my, my, my wife says I only snore. <laughs> my wife tells me that I only snore because I want to annoy her while I'm sleeping. Like you're doing it on purpose, right? Right, yeah. It's like you know, sneezing for me. You know, she says, you just do that to annoy me. You sneeze like a horse. Right. Does Karen snore? Yeah, but it's sort of that light, genteel snoring, you know, ladylike snoring. It's not like my, you know, my horse-like snoring. No. She can't even compete when it comes to snoring. No. Well, that's why you follow this motto. Laugh and the world laughs with you. Snore and you sleep alone, right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I moved to another room. <laughs> yeah, baby. Tom and Mike. This story was, it did make national news a few months back. This National Guard soldier stole a tank. And he drove it right down the middle of downtown Richmond, Virginia. Do you remember that? Yeah, I kind of remember that. Okay. So the guy's been on probation and he wears an ankle monitor. So last week he violated parole. He flew to Iraq for two days with his ankle monitor, posted pictures, put them on Twitter, then flew home. I want to party with this guy. (laughs) He's He's a daring young soldier. And how the hell do you get 
through airport security wearing an ankle monitor? Yeah, good question. But you know, a lot of military people, if you can show that you're a military person, you can go right past that TSA. You know, it's this kind of behavior is exactly the freedom we're fighting for, isn't it? It is. And here's why he went over there. He went there to look in the prices of something called detonium benzenide. It's made in bombs. What's this guy up to? Why doesn't he just turn on the Google machine? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. He could just do that. Oh, man, we're going to hell in a handbasket. Where's that giant asteroid? It's going to end us all, Thomas. I know. We've got a giant asteroid leading the world right now. That's the good Uh, news. Minus the roid. (laughs) Yeah. The good news, this guy's ankle monitor racked up 24,387 roaming charges. Did you know that? No. (laughs) Oh, those roaming charges. Oh, my. Tom and Mike. Now, there was just an article from the Journal of American Metal Association. Three leading neurologists say that older Americans are being ripped off multi-billion dollars a year with brain health supplements. They're all a big sham. Did you know that? No, but I can believe it. Not only don't they do anything, they actually could harm you. Wow. And here's the problem. Why doesn't the FDA do anything about this? Because it's all about less what? Regulation. Right. And these doctors say that it's better off just being physically active and have a good diet, right? You know, if these things did work, we'd be selling these things for $10,000 a pop, don't you think? Just give me a good, strong cup of coffee. You've told me this many times. My brain's like a Bermuda Triangle. Information goes in, and it never found again. It's a big black hole. (laughs) (laughs) And how do we know this? Remember that time that I was at your house and the power went out? Yep. And we had these candles going. Remember that? Yeah. It was dark. Very romantic. And we were scared. Yeah. We were so scared. We had our binkies and our blankies. Remember that time? Yes, I did. I, I took uh, that candle and I put it to one side of your head and then I blew into the other ear. I know. The candle went out. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I know it's a black hole there. Buddy! Do you know the brain? Buddy! <laughs> the, the brain has 2% of phone numbers, 3% are names, 5% are school knowledge, and 90% are music lyrics. Did you know that? Yeah, lyrics that you never want to remember, so, but they keep coming back, like, Billy, don't be a hero. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever needed a brain transplant, I'd choose yours because I want a brain that never been used. You know that, don't you? Thanks a lot, buddy. I'm going to do the candle test right here on the radio just for everybody to listen to. How's that going to work? <laughs> you know, I have a good buddy who's actually, in a few days, is going to have an operation. He has a tumor in his brain. It's not cancer, so I'm sure he's going to be fine. He's got a leading neurologist out in L.A. I didn't know this. I thought they were going to have to open up his head. Do you know how they're going to his brain? A drill. No, but do you know how they're getting to it? Through his nose. Through his nose? Yeah. Wow. I know, and he's got a big nose, so they're going to... They're gonna... Is that how they normally do brain surgery? I don't know. I hope I never have to find out either. Wow. Yeah. I can only imagine a doctor coming at me with a drill oh. through my nose. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, Mr. Funny Man. Tom and Mike. Do you ever get into a hot tub? Never. Do you ever go to, a, like, I know you like to travel on business trips every now and then. Do you ever go to those hotel hot tubs? No, I would so. never do that. How about you? <laughs> no, that's a good idea. The CDC just came out with a report. They say hot tubs can harbor dangerous germs. Really? And then they recommend... Oh, my gosh. This news. Who knew? And they recommend that hotel staff is run by trained people to keep the water from contamination. They say that the temperature is actually perfect for bacteria to grow. It's like a baby bath 
where everybody gets to sit there for <laughs> in the hot water for a couple hours. It's hard to keep clean and chlorinated, cause a rash called hot tub foliatitis, and private hot tubs tend to be worse than public hot tubs. You know, between the bed bugs in the room and all the colitis that you're going to connect with in your hot tub, oh, let's just go have a wonderful weekend, honey, at a hotel. What do you think? Well, here's the conversation you never want to hear. If the jacuzzi's not working, why are there bubbles? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the other problem. Here's my rule in hot tubs. No floozies in the jacuzzi. No floozies in the jacuzzis? Yeah. You're so talented. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine getting into a hot tub at a hotel after like 15 guys have just came out of there. Oh. 15 guys with overactive bladders. <laughs> then you hate it when you get on a hot tub and the person getting out says, this, I've been using this hot tub. My festering boils on my ass have cleared up. Yes, that's exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> Life is like a hot tub. The longer you stay in, the more wrinkled you get. Right, pal? Mm, that's right. Oh, man. Yeah. We're not the hot tub generation, I don't think, are we? I think that was the baby boomers before us. What do you think? Yeah, I think they are. But those baby boomers Nasty are, baby boomers. They are nasty, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so all this information you're bringing us, it's just shocking. Oh, there's germs inside of a public hot tub? Right. Oh, Mike. How do you come up with this stuff? Tom and Mike. In London, they did a, a research. In old they, London town? And yeah, they did a College of London to study. And there's something called the knowledge. And this is for cab drivers in London. And the knowledge is, it's to memorize London's 25,000 streets and landmarks. And they found that the cabbies that have been working for a long time as a London cabbie, the volume of gray matter in their brain is larger than the average person because of the having to memorize all these streets and stuff. Isn't that interesting? So they're using more than 10% of their brain? Yes, they are. I keep saying there's so many amazing things we could do if we could just figure out how to do it, because if we're only using 10% of our brain, and that's max, what about the other 90%? What could we do? We could be walking Google Maps. Like that old adage, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? That's the principle. Well, I never had it to begin with, so. Right. Do you take cabs much? Or are you an Uber guy? Neither, my friend. I but have cars, automobiles. I drive, sir. You know, the other day I was in a cab, one of the few times I'm in the cab, and the guy says he really loves his job. He's his own boss. Nobody tells him what to do. Then I said, turn left at the next light. <laughs> You're such a smart ass. You're probably like one of these people that goes inside the dollar store and just asks, how much is this, right? There's nothing like a New York City cabbie, though. They always say, you make me wish I had more middle fingers. You know that? And we all know you can never have too many. <laughs> and you ever see, like being a cab in New York City, how they get the holidays, like Christmas time, they get very festive. They wrap their middle finger with tinsel. Did you ever see that? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, that's so heartwarming when I see that. I think I said heartwarming. I meant to say heartwarming. Sometimes, sometimes I think cabbies <laughs> feed their middle finger too much coffee because it's up all day all the time. Oh, boy. Did you ever watch that TV show called Cash? Have you Too ever seen much that? coffee. I got it. That was good. Why did don't you ever... stop right there? <laughs> Have you ever seen that, that TV show Cash Cab? You know, because I do everything once. <laughs> I think I saw it once. Yeah, people get in the cab, lights go on, flashing, and then the guy rides them to their destination. And he asks them five or six or how long it takes to get to their place, multiple questions. And if they win, they win big money. And then if they lose three in a row, they're out of the cab right where they are. They don't get to go to where they are. And then 
Let's say they win $1,800. He says, here's the $1,800. He has it in his hand. If you don't want it, all for nothing or double it. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, my kids were hooked on that for a while, but right. yeah, I never got into it. Right. You ever know cabbies don't know the difference? You know, the shortest distance is always a straight line, but they never seem to take it, do they? Yeah. Do you have navigation in your automobile? Yes. Did you ever wonder, my navigation when I give, you know, the address or whatever, it always asks me if I want to go directly or add to the existing route. Why'd they do that? I don't know. I can't figure that out because how do they know if I haven't entered any information what my existing route is? Right. Huh. So I just say go directly. I have no idea what that means. But does your navigation system ask you those silly questions? No. You know what? I never. My wife uses a, a lot more than I do. I never, I never use it. I, that you know much. what I thought would be novel is if your navigation or your Siri or whatever came equipped with certain accents. I know in parts of the world like Siri can sound Australian or she can sound English or whatever. But wouldn't it be fun if your Siri was Southern? <laughs> oh, buddy. Ask me a question and I'm going to be Southern Siri. Okay. Just ask me any question and, and I'll be Southern Siri. Go ahead. What's the capital of North Dakota? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. You're very good. Very quick at that too. Uh-huh. For someone that didn't go to college. <laughs> Ask me another question. I like right. this. Southern Siri. What is the distance between San Francisco and Los Angeles? 3,200. No, wait. What was that question again? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Tom and Mike. This is a tough one. They did a study of 25,000 people, and they found out that men and women prefer sex at different times of the day. Guess what time of the day women prefer sex on the average? Like if they entered all their numbers. Are we in talking it, strictly daytime hours or are we going into the night? All 24 hours of the day. I'm going to say 3 p.m. Nope. You're completely wrong. For women, it was 1121 at night. 1121 at night. And what do you think it was for men? I'm going to go with 8 a.m. Close. 745. You little horny morning guy. Look at you in the morning. Well, sometimes we wake up and we're totally ready. <laughs> well, my, what's that all about? What are we wife, dreaming? My wife can tell me to get off for any time of the day. That's what she tells me. Mm. They blame differing hormoning cycles. Men are highest in the morning. Women, while women, will increase slightly throughout the day. Women are more flexible where a man's desire, he wants it at that time, she'll be a little flexible. And by the way, what is your hormoning cycle? Mine? Yeah, how do you make a hormone? <laughs> how about anyone for a nooner? Remember those days? A nooner? Yeah, baby. Come home from work, uh, nooner. Oh, just a little uh, lunchtime afternoon delight, huh? I like a tenor, like a nooner, only a couple hours earlier. Remember that song, Afternoon Delight? Sky rockets in flight. <laughs> Doo! Let me ask you as a friend, is it normal for a wife to have a headache every night for six years. I'm just asking for a friend. She might have a problem. Actually, yeah. I think the problem might be you. <laughs> this was done at Ohio State, and they found out that men think of sex 19 times per day. What do you think? How many times do you think women think about it? I thought it was more like 19 times an hour. No, that's... Are, are you sure about that? Yeah, 19 times per day. You know, my question is, it should be more like, how many times do men think about sex per minute? No. Yeah, and you know what I say? What? Especially if she's really hot. Yeah, baby. You know what I say? What? Got a minute? <laughs> Tom and Mike.